0: What is up, everybody? Welcome into the preview edition of Shout at Buffalo Bills football podcast brought to you by Tops Friendly Markets. Are you ready for Slider Sunday? You should be. Bills versus Bengals. Sunday night football. Every time you visit SliderSunday.com, you have a chance to win free products, brand swag, tailgating gear, trips, and so much more. One chance per day. No purchase necessary. The rematch is here, Ryan. Uh, the trash talk gauntlet has been set. These are two teams that we know despite the pleasantries uh, around, you know, what happened in January last year, which was horrible and, you know, brought the football world together, the world at large together. This is generally two teams that, you know, they're competing for the top spot in the AFC. They don't like each other. You put, uh, you're working on a story right now. I'm not sure if it went live yet, but uh, the trash talk has commenced once again between the Bills and the Bengals and it started on the Bengals side.
1: Yeah, started on the Bengals side again with Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd seems to be in front and center of that. I think it was something last year too uh, with the old ticket thing. And Jamar Chase Talking about how the Bills, after last year's playoff loss, were saying they would have won the game had it been played in you know better conditions, better weather. And you know, as, as soon as that came out, I sent you a text, and I'm like, "Look at this," and you're like, "Yeah, Isaiah McKenzie." And sure enough, we found the quote. And really, it had absolutely nothing. No shots were really fired at the Bengals in this quote. It was Isaiah McKenzie pretty much saying, hey, the Bengals had a good game plan for today and how to play in the snow. We didn't. But the the Bengals look for any little thing that they can hang on to for motivation, and they're using this right now.
0: The Bills signed Linval Joseph. Uh, That was the defensive tackle that they decided to go after. And I wanted to kind of start there because obviously it's newsworthy. It's something that we, we haven't touched on yet. We were talking a little bit about Kong Su. You were actually putting together uh, maybe some defensive tackles that Brandon Bean could have been looking for. And you transitioned that pretty quickly to a story about Linval Joseph. Um, I think that there's a really good chance that he gets part gets to become a part of this rotation on Sunday. Because at the end of the day even off the couch, like if he's in physical condition where he can play, Brandon Bean said that he's lifting, you know, he's, he's squat sending videos of squatting 600-plus uh, pounds. He's He looks like he's in game shape. He came off the practice field today, looked the part. I think he could be a big piece in this game because what happened last week against the 49ers was the jumpstart, if you will, of their run game, the Bengals. And Joe Mixon, to me, It was telling to me when Von Miller was asked about the trio of wide receivers, he brought it back like, you better not skip over Joe Mixon. I mean, they when their offense is truly operating at its highest level, that run game is going. And Brandon Bean said it today on WGR. He said, this is a one-tech run stuffer in our defense. Linval Joseph, at 35 years old, at once believed to be one of the elite run defenders in the NFL on the interior of the defensive line. I think it's a big addition, and and I expect him to play on Sunday.
1: Yeah, I expect him to be part of this rotation as well. And, you know, you have to go back to 2017, 2018 range when he was really elite of the elite for the last time, and he's still playing at a high level. He came in last year to the Philadelphia Eagles, much like in Dominican Sioux, uh, and did a nice job being a run stuffer. And that's exactly what he's being brought in to do. Eat up a lot of space, take on double teams, free up Ed Oliver, free up the linebackers, let them roam, let them play. And if he can do that, even if it's at 70, 75% of the level that it was when he was back at that elite level uh, a few years ago, then the Bills are going to have a, a player that's going to be very valuable to them. And, you know, you, you want to make other teams one-dimensional. And while they have Joe Burrow and they have a great cast of wide receivers, if you can limit their run game, limit their effectiveness, that's going to put them in a bind. It's going to put them in a tough spot at times during this game. And that's exactly what this Bills defense needs to do.
0: Another thing that kind of floats under the radar a little bit for the Bengals is Joe Burrow's mobility. It's not something you think about when you're planning to play against them. But if you go back and watch that 49ers game, he makes things really difficult because he has gotten to a place in his career where he's really comfortable taking off when he needs to. He gets big chunk gains. The one thing I will say though, Ryan, he doesn't always protect his body. I mean, all the stuff that Tom Brady was joking about on his podcast with Josh Allen this week about he he was swearing at him, telling him that he needs to start getting down when he slides or, or when he's going to take, take hits. Joe Burrow took a couple of dings in that 49ers game where you're like, man, those things start to pile up. That is not a good part of things. But from a game planning perspective, Joe Burrow, the runner. That's something that I think this Bills defense has to be aware of at times. Like, you know, if if, if they're doing a good job on the back end, if they're taking receivers away, throwing lings away, like he'll, he'll put his head down and try to get a couple yards on the ground.
1: Yeah, he did a really good job of that against the 49ers. Uh, I, I mentioned there was one play where uh, two pass rushers from the 49ers had their hands on him, it looked like it was going to be a would-be sack. He kind of ducked out of the first tackle, uh, bounced off the second would-be tackler there and then was able to go downfield and gain some yards uh, for this team. He, he's able to use his legs. He's not the fastest guy, but you're right. Once he gets those yards, he doesn't slide. He takes some hits and he, he takes some big hits. And if, if the bills can do that on uh, Sunday, maybe they can jar a ball out. Maybe they can uh, create a turnover in that regard. But like you said, it, it's never a great thing when you're, you're taking those hits. It's something Josh Allen has done over the years, uh, it's probably made the bills a little bit weary in terms of making him a runner on those, uh, quarterback, you know, the design quarterback runs. They don't want to, they want to limit the damage to him now going forward. So when it, when it comes to a guy like burrow too, if he starts taking a few shots, that might become out of his playbook as well. If you're uh, Zach Taylor and the Cincinnati Bengals coaching staff,
0: you know, the Bengals, don't have a great run defense, uh, according to the numbers, middle of the pack, uh, nothing crazy. But if you if you kind of dial in the last couple of weeks, th- it's getting better, and I, I think part of that is teams are kind of moving away from the run. Like last week, like yeah, I, I didn't feel like it was you know, the, 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 Bengals could lean or the 49ers could lean into the run game because the Bengals were scoring early. I mean, they got up in the game and that's part of what we talked about yesterday about uh, on, on Wednesday about getting into a rhythm early, trying to be the first team to score. Like it's a race to the scoreboard in this game because the team that gets a chance to play ahead, I think has so much more of their playbook on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, it, it affects offensively the, the playbook, but on the defensive side of the ball, I think you could kind of pin your ears back a little bit knowing that, Maybe they can't be as patient. Maybe they'll look to throw the ball a little bit more. The problem with this Bengals offense, Ryan, though, is it's multifaceted in the passing game. They can hit the deep shots. They work over the middle of the field. They have great screen games. Like Joe Burrow is as on time in his offense as any quarterback in the league is. And so you're dealing with multiple problems with this this passing game.
1: Yeah, and, and it's not a simple fix. It's not like what the Bills do to the Dolphins where they try to take away the first read from Tua and it makes life difficult for him. He's on schedule. He knows his outlets. He knows how to to find those mismatches. He gets the ball out. He's not afraid to take a drop off for a few yards uh, rather than trying to make the big play and hold the ball longer. He's a very smart and savvy quarterback. So uh, I already mentioned the wide receivers that they have on this team, but They have some quality players just across the board. Joe Mixon, as we already mentioned. uh, They have some pass catchers at tight end as well. So they can hurt you in a lot of ways. So the Bills are going to have to cover really well in this game. They're going to have to get more pressure up front. That's something that we haven't seen as much consistently as we saw early on in the season. uh, When they were firing on all cylinders, when they had Daquan Jones up front. Uh, you know, obviously when you have Matt Milano And you're healthy on the back And that makes life easier too Because the coverage is better So the Bills do kind of have to figure out a way though To get home on Burrow And, you know, a good question The Shout Insider text line today was What do you think the Bills should do on offense and defense? And they said, well, offensively, go up tempo uh, That will limit what this Bengals defense can do You can try to tire them out uh, You can try to make it so they can't get those substitutions in But defensively I would rather see the Bills throw the kitchen sink at Joe Burrow than try to sit back and play in coverage because we know that he'll pick them apart in coverage. If he beats a blitz, if he gets a big play on something like that, that's something you want to live with if you're the Bills in this defense. You have to get home. You have to pressure him and make him uncomfortable. I think this is also
0: like a Dorian Williams game on defense. Like, I – I get Tyrell Dotson and, like, the uh, the comfort that McDermott has in him, knowing that he's going to know what to do when he's out there. He's going to not he have as many maybe tackling issues. But the problem is, like, the closing speed. I, I, if guys get out in space in the run game, in the short passing game, like, I think Dotson's going to be cooked. And so I, I think Dorian Williams, I would take the chances of him maybe whiffing on a couple plays or having some issues because of maybe some plays that he could make. Uh, I'll be interested to see if he, if McDermott to me playing Dotson in this game is conservative. And I think they have to be ultra aggressive to your point, not sit back and let the offense dictate things. They have to dictate things to the offense. And, you know, one of the things when the bills do have the ball, Josh Allen mentioned it this week, what the Bengals defense does so well and did so well against them last year was the simulated pressures. And if you go back and watch that game in the playoffs last year, Mike Hilton, um, a couple of the guys, Von Bell, who's not there anymore. And honestly, those safeties that aren't there, to Jesse Bates as well, that's a little bit of a storyline. Like uh, I'm going to play an interview for you that I did with Kelsey Conway, uh, Inquirer beat reporter uh, out in Cincinnati. And she talked about the, the slow... Um, chemistry process of the new safeties that are starting back there. Obviously, Dax Hill played some snaps for them last year, but he's become a full-time starter. They actually have to, had to bench the other starter, Nick Scott, for a little while. He's back playing. So that's a, a part of their scheme that Lou Amaruno's got. Uh, Amaruno. What's his name? Lou Amaruno?
1: Anarumo, I think. I think Anarumo.
0: Anarumo. I, missed, I, I mixed up the letters. It, he's had to adjust to that with two new players. And so I think the Bills, to me, one of the keys to this game, is the communication on the offensive line. When things went really poorly against the Patriots a couple weeks ago, to me it was a breakdown on the front line with how to deal with the different thing, different looks they were sending at the Bills. And so I think if if you have pre-snap and part of it's on Josh Allen of course, but if you're if you're communicating properly, getting guys in the right spots, I like the the matchups now of Connor McGovern against DJ reader and Osiris Torrance against BJ Hill. I think those are upgrades, but if you're not communicating, if you're not ready for what the defense is throwing at you, and it's tough with uh, their defensive coordinator and the way that uh, he schemes things up. But that to me is kind of a key to this game.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that goes back to what I was saying about going up tempo in this match. If you go more up tempo, you're up at the line earlier. uh, You're able to kind of get a better feel on what the defense is trying to do or going to do. You can do a hard account, try to get an idea. You can do some movement to see, Uh, what the alignment is, what they may be trying to do on any given play. So that's another advantage of going more up-tempo in this matchup, going no huddle at times if possible. Uh, So you want to get any advantage possible. But you're right, the the safeties are gone. They have another really good one in Cam Taylor-Britt, though, at cornerback back there. I thought he had a really good game in the playoffs against the Bills. Uh, He's someone that you have to account for, too. He can hurt you in a lot of different ways. They have some talent, obviously, on that side of the ball, too, up front, some pass rush. uh, But this offensive line is certainly much better for the Bills than what it was one year ago where uh, the Bengals really made them look bad come playoff time.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Cam Taylor Britt because he's just he's been pretty average, to be honest with you, uh, through most of this season. I thought that he had a couple plays. And, and I mentioned it earlier is you know, if the 49ers moved the ball. I mean, he had 300 yards passing Brock Purdy did. And I thought Greg cam Taylor, Britt, uh, Ch- uh, Chidobe, uh, Awuzie, Both of those guys were to me, unimpressive. I, I think that secondary is where the bills in this rematch schemed up properly. If they're able to run the ball, which I think you should be able to against this team a little bit better than they did a year ago. Um, I wonder if we'll see Leonard Fournette. by the way. Um, I know that he wants to get up to speed, but both these guys are, Uh, Fournette and Rasul Douglas talking today talked about how similar, you know, they know the playbook. It's just the terminology that's different. So I think like if there's a simplistic way to like maybe get Fournette involved in the game plan and say, okay, these are the specific kind of runs you're going to be asked to run, go in there and just do what you do best. There's a way to let him just kind of like set it and forget it. I mean, the guy's played a lot of football in this league. So, so maybe it's, it's not that you have to wait. Uh, for him to get comfortable. Maybe you just unleash him this this week, and and that's one area where I think the Bills have to establish some type of running game in this, in this game, whether it be with their backs. Josh Allen's got to be willing to run, and I know that he will be, um, and, and I think last week proved it. But if you can have a balanced attack against this defense and kind of mitigate some of the problems, like on the second level, Ryan, Logan Wilson and Jermaine Pratt, probably the best duo in the league in terms of taking the ball away at the linebacker
1: level. Yeah, absolutely. You know, going to Fournette real quick, it would be interesting to see if he was uh, elevated from the practice squad for this matchup because not only could you use him on some simple runs between the tackles, but you can have him back next to Josh Allen, that extra block or that extra protection. Uh, I think that's still a, uh, an area where they don't have James Cook out there for as many reps or as many, and, and as many snaps as some fans would like to see, and I think he's gotten better as a blocker taking on those blocks, but it, it's still something where with his frame. He's still trying to learn how to do. Fournette is very good in that area. Uh, Fournette can also be used as a pass catcher in the short passing game. And, you know, if you're talking screen passes, if you're talking uh, just those short routes, that's just as good as a, a run up the middle or, or a run play. So he can hurt you in a lot of ways. If the Bills feel like he's up to speed, it would be really interesting to see if they would elevate him with one of their possible elevations uh, come this matchup because we've talked a little bit. Uh, about the run game being a little bit stagnant as of late, not looking the way it did early on in the season, where uh, everyone was kind of uh, doing a good job in their specific roles of moving the ball, getting into the end zone. They've hit some walls, so to speak. So, Fournette, uh, it wouldn't shock me if you were, were able to come in and contribute immediately.
0: I want to get into really quickly before we do our predictions. Actually, we'll probably come back after I play the interview and do our predictions. Um, but let's talk about on defense the bills without daquan jones he what he did not play in this game against the Bengals in january either in the playoff game and then no matt milano no Tre'Davious white who do you think is the most important player on the bills defense for this particular matchup against the Bengals?
1: gosh that's a great question uh I, you know part of me wants to say someone up front because you need to get that consistent pressure on joe burrow but I might go with Terrell Bernard. Bernard is going to be that guy that's making sure everyone is lined up where they need to be. He is pretty much become that the general of the defense or the, you know, or the Josh Allen of the defense in terms of being the QB, making sure everyone is doing what they're supposed to do, making sure that everyone knows the assignment, making sure that uh, everyone is disciplined and he's always around the ball. He has a nose for the ball. He creates turnovers. He gets the batted passes, So if I were to have to pick one player, I guess I would go with Bernard. What about you?
0: So this is, I was thinking about this a little bit because every week for these games uh, on the pregame show, we have to give our player to watch. And for me, knowing what it meant last year with Daquan out, I am going to go to the front and I'm going to say Ed Oliver, because when he's been great this season, I feel like he's made the bills go. I mean, I think he's been a like the engine, and I think it starts up front. And I think, listen, are they going to do some things on the edge? Probably. I think Orlando Brown is an upgrade. I think Jonah Williams has been playing really well on the right side, but I think on the interior was is where there's opportunities. You go back to last year's game and you look at the the PFF grades uh, for everybody on defense. You know, Matt Milano was the top graded guy against the Bengals in that game. Tim Settle was actually the number two graded guy, mm-hmm. seventy four point eight overall. Um, his pass rush was a 69 and his run defense was a 68 ed oliver overall 55.2 45.7 run defense and 68 pass rush i think that six that that pass rush number it's got to go up ryan sure as crazy as it sounds ed oliver only has two 70 plus pass rush grades get graded games this season according to pff the jacksonville game when he had four pressures and the. Jets game where he had six pressures. He had two pressures last week against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He received a pass rush grade of fifty one point nine. That's not going to be good enough in this game. At the front against that interior, somebody's got to step up and make things difficult for Joe Burrow. And to me, it starts with Ed Oliver.
1: Yeah, Ed Oliver's a great choice, and like you said, when he has been on, when he's been playing at it high level it's been uh this defense has been able to get off the field has been able to create some turnovers has been able to put teams in in second and long third and long situations uh to make it hard for them to kind of move the chains so Ed oliver is a big player for this bills team on sunday Uh, i'd like to see them even like move a greg rousseau around a little bit if you have some other Guys on the edge, your Von Millers, your Leonard Floyd, your A.J. Epinesis, kick him inside, try to create an advantage there. (laughs) Obviously, just his wingspan, his size, he can uh, create some havoc just in the passing lanes with his arms itself. But we know how much he's grown as a pass rusher as well, and I think that he could come up big in that regard too. So, you know, use your talent, move him around, be as versatile as possible. Uh, Try to get Joe Burrow questioning where they're coming from, what they're doing. And if you can do that, but in in this offense can play like they did one week ago. I think the bills can certainly uh, make this a very interesting game for four quarters.
0: Little stat from ESPN. um, I don't have the exact number. It's not on this chart, but the bills are the number one ranked, or they might be tied with the Dallas Cowboys in pass rush win rate, according to ESPN's metrics, uh, just ahead of the Texans and the Cleveland Browns. Mm -hmm. You know, that to me is. It's always been the storyline with this Bills defense, right? Like they're really good at winning their one-on-ones and getting in the backfield. But I I think it's got to come down to like that cohesive effort where you're seeing multiple guys. Now, I think that they've taken a a massive jump forward with Leonard Floyd, who looks healthier. I think that the, the mini buy for the Bills is something that I think hasn't been talked about enough. Cause I think the Bengals went across country to, to play the 49ers on their off their buy. And you saw what they were able to come out and do. I think that helps the bills. Um, but I, I think to me in this game, it's, it comes down to being able to affect Joe Burrow.
1: And again, you know, this mini bye is not the same as a real buy, but we have seen what Sean McDermott teams have looked like coming off of their actual bye week and how well they play because they have that extra time to prepare for their opponent. Uh, they've had some extra time to prepare for the Cincinnati Bengals. There's no denying that. So I am intrigued to see if this this Thursday night game going into the Sunday night game now, that little extra window of time really does help them figure out, okay, here's what the defense did so well against us last year. Here's how we're going to combat that this year if we see similar looks. Uh, here's what we can do on the defense side of the ball to make Joe Burrow uncomfortable. And, you know, we're missing players X, Y, and Z. We've talked about. Trey White, Matt Milano, Daquan Jones, you know, quite every single episode it feels like since those injuries have taken place respectively over the, the course of those few weeks. The Bills have to still be able to come up with a plan to replace those guys, which they have some players in mind now, but they also have to account for some superstar players on this Bengals team on the offensive side of the ball. So I'm really intrigued to see what it is that Sean McDermott has drawn up, especially on that defensive side of the ball.
0: Um, we are drawing up all sorts of things on the shout Buffalo bills insider text line. Uh, you can become a subscriber by texting 716-528-6727. Again, that's 716-528-6727. Do that and become an, uh, an insider and you get a two week free trial. Uh, $3.99 a month after that. The Shout Text Line is brought to you by Carrie C. Beyer, attorney with the law offices of Francis M. Letro, located at 237 Main Street, Buffalo, New York. If you or someone you know is seriously injured, give him a call at 716-852-1234 or check out litrolaw.com All right, I have a, a view from the other side interview with Kelsey Conway, Bengals beat reporter for The Inquirer. Check out that interview right now. What's up, Bills fan? Pretty big game this Sunday night. The Bills go back to Paycor Stadium in Cincinnati to play the Cincinnati Bengals. And from the Inquirer, my friend Kelsey Conway is kind enough to join us to talk about this Bengals team. Kelsey, how are you?
2: I'm great. How are you? Thanks for having me on.
0: I am wonderful. I'm, I'm looking forward to hopefully the game that we've been promised over the last year between these two teams. The last two times they played, obviously what happened in Cincinnati last year, uh, stopped that game. And then, you know, just kind of a stinker in, in Buffalo last year where the Bengals kind of dominated the game. I wanted to start with the Bengals in terms of coming into this game, arguably maybe the most impressive single game performance from any team in the NFL this season against a 49ers team that was desperate for a win. You go out to the West Coast, if you're the Bengals, and you get a huge win. What went right in that game for the Bengals and what's kind of obviously Joe Burrow being healthier, but what's kind of flipped their season here after a slow start?
2: I feel like the Bengals and the Bill, uh, the Bengals and the Bills are really similar in that the fans, the people that cover the team and even almost the players don't know who this team actually is. And that's what makes this game so intriguing right now for it being a early November game because the Bengals this season have been a roller coaster and they've looked awful. Like Joe Burrow literally said in their second half performance against the Seahawks before the bye, he said we were horrible. Like he did not mince his words. And then they looked like the team that you'd expect to go toe to toe in Kansas City, again, with the Chiefs in the AFC Championship against the 49ers. So I think kind of trying to navigate all of this, I would boil it down to Joe Burrow not being healthy was a way bigger deal than we thought. And I know you're probably saying, what do you mean? Like, you wouldn't think that's a big deal. It affected the defense, too. Mm. And he is such – like. His style and the Bengals, they want to get out and play with a lead so that they can have all of their options open. And their biggest strength on the defensive side of the ball this year has been their pass rush. And when they're down two or three scores, they can't unleash the pass rush the way they want, and they can't have a balanced offense how they want. And it took Burrow, I would say, till that Arizona game, For things to finally click in his head that he was healthy and the calf injury was behind him. And then the the rest of the team just like embodied it. And then that's what made the game against Seattle so confusing is because they played horrible on offense in the second half. But what you saw in in that Seattle game was the defense for the first time all season stood up and won the game for the team because they hadn't played well yet either. Um and then I think the bye came and it allowed everybody to just you know reimagine some things and really figure it out and they played great on both sides of the ball. I don't know how they'll play against the Bills. Um they want to start stacking wins and playing well but they haven't really proved yet this season that they can do they can play like they did against the 49ers for at least two or three games in a row. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: You know, it's so interesting. You bring up starting fast because Sean McDermott mentioned that yesterday. And obviously in the two games against the Bengals last year, the bills couldn't do that. And you even look at this year in the one game against a, a high powered offense in the Miami dolphins, it was touchdown for touchdown on the first four drives of the game. Both teams scored a touchdown. And it's almost like it feels like the bills offense has to keep up with that especially early early in in the game to not get into that situation where they got to play from behind because I don't think they play well in that way either which is a it's it's an interesting turn for Josh Allen because early in his career he was like known as this comeback kid game uh, fourth quarter comebacks game winning drives like he was stacking those up partly was it was a it was a team still kind of trying to figure out who it was let's jump to the defensive side for Cincinnati because front 7 Virtually the same Uh, Trey Hendrickson. I guess we could start there. How concerning is that injury? Notice he didn't practice yesterday.
2: I would say that Trey Hendrickson is one of maybe like two players on this team that doesn't have to practice to play. Mm -hmm. Um, Trey is really tough and has played through a lot of injuries in his career. So Zach Taylor said they're going to manage it. And he finished the game against the 49ers. So in my opinion, I would say that bodes you into thinking he's going to play. But you can never say fully until, of course, Friday. Um, But I would say just because Trey Hendrickson didn't practice on Wednesday doesn't mean that his game status is in question yet. If he doesn't practice again today, um, then that might be, okay, a little bit of a cause for concern. But again... Trace dealt with so many like really serious injuries and has played through a lot of them. So um I wouldn't I wouldn't say he's like the rest of the players that like if if they don't practice on Wednesday, it's probably not a sign that they can go.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh at that second level, Josh Allen called uh, Logan Wilson uh, the best linebacker in football. And obviously there's a little bias on his behalf. Uh the Wyoming boys, uh very good friends. How how good has that second level been? when the when the the Bengals defense has played really well obviously with Jermaine Pratt and what both of those do cuz both those guys played really well against the Bills in the playoff game last year
2: they didn't get off to a good start uh, i think neither one of them played you know how they expected to play but there's a reason why the Bengals paid them this offseason they paid both of them to bring him back well Logan was always going to be here but he's part of their long-term plan but I mean, the plays that both of them made against the 49ers, I mean, Jermaine Pratt's interception was probably one of the best interceptions I've ever seen since Mm -hmm. covering this team. Um, And Logan Wilson's just so solid, and he has such a knack for making plays with his hands and picking off quarterbacks. And um, Josh Allen's proven to be susceptible to doing that. Um, So Logan's playing really well. Jermaine Pratt's playing really well. I think the both of them needed that game against the 49ers, to really get their seasons going. Um, but Logan's just been outstanding this season at taking the ball away and really his whole career.
0: Mm-hmm. And you look at the game last year as kind of like a model of, uh, Josh Allen mentioned yesterday, like the, the the Bengals defense did a really good job sending simulated pressures against him, kind of confusing him with a lot of the pass rush. I mean, blitzing DBs. Um, I wanted to ask you about Von Bell and Jesse Bates no longer being there. Has that changed the complexions of things on that back end? Is Lou and Arumo still as comfortable, you know, deploying his his DBs, knowing that those veteran safeties, those captains, aren't back there?
2: Yes, and I think that that was the biggest takeaway through the first couple of games for the Bengals defense when they were not playing well and ranked like in the bottom quarter of scoring defense and total defense. They miss Jesse and Vaughn, and it took. Dax Hill and Nick Scott was not playing great at during the Arizona game. Lou Anna rotated him and Jordan battle. Um, And that's never a good sign when a guy that you just sign in free agency, you're already replacing him on drives with your third round pick. Um, So Nick Scott didn't get off to the best start here, but I think for all of those guys for Dax and Nick and Cam Taylor britt on the outside and Cheeto has been in and out of the lineups. Then you're starting another rookie, at DJ Turner. Like, that's a really young secondary. And it took them a long time to get used to lose the way Lute calls things in the game and getting used to playing together. But they, they definitely miss Vaughn and Jesse. It's a noticeable absence in their offense. And we'll really see because the Bengals haven't played a ton of teams that can really <laughs> throw the ball and really hurt you in the passing game with their – receivers um so I feel like as the Bengals head down the stretch you'll really see how big of a a a need and and loss those two guys were um if if Dax Hill and Nick Scott can't play up to it because um they've been able to get by and they're at four and three but we'll see if that continues to be um good enough
0: Mm Mm-hmm their um their front does a really good job even when they don't send extra guys at generating pressure and kind of muddying the pocket a little bit they did that a lot against Josh Allen now the you know teams good great teams in this league they respond and um you know Adapt to how teams play them. They make adjustments in the offseason. The Bills went out. They drafted a guard in the first round in Osiris Torrens, who's been really solid at this point. Uh had a had, a, had a, kind of a hiccup against the Patriots a couple of weeks ago. But Connor McGovern coming over from Dallas has been really high-level pass blocker for them. And to me, that's one of the matchups in the game. Watching how those that interior of the Bills offensive line plays uh, uh, against particularly D.J. Reader, but um, B.J. Hill as well. Both of those guys at times have looked like game wreckers against the Bills. Where are they at in this season? And do you feel like those two guys get enough credit for how good that front tends to be?
2: Were you sitting in Lou Anarumo's press conference yesterday? don't oh, know I'm just kidding. He <laughs> specifically said that because he went on the Pat McAfee show on Tuesday. Okay. And Pat McAfee asked, like, is there someone we need to be talking about more on your defense that we're not? And the first thing Lou said was TJ Reader doesn't get enough credit. Mm. And so then I followed up and asked him about it yesterday. And he said, because he won't probably have the gaudy sack stats that some of these interior guys like Jeffrey Simmons have, um, he won't get the recognition from the outside, but he was like, Coaches and players know that when you go up against this guy, he's just going to wear you out starting from the first play of the game. And I would that's how I would explain DJ style is he's just so solid from start to finish. And, um, you know, for him being, you know, towards the back end of his career, you could say he's just getting better. Um, And BJ Hill and him play really well off of each other. Uh, B.J. Hill definitely exceeded expectations when they traded for him from the Giants. Um, and and he and D.J. Reader, they just play really well next to one another. Um, and Lou does a great job of coaching them up and calling specific things for them. And he told a story about how in that Seattle game when they had the goal line stand, that, uh, you know, Lou interim has got to kind of monitor how many reps that those guys take because they're all like, you know, these big men that have a lot of physical activity on them. So he tries to monitor their snaps and he went over to Sam, BJ, DJ and Trey and he was going to have other a couple other players in there and he went over to them and he was like, I, I need you guys for one more, one more stand and apparently on the way over B.J. saw something and he turned to Sam and was like, just trust me on this. Like, do what I say. And it ended up playing exactly how B.J. B.J. was able to win. Sam played it the right way and they were able to make the stop. And so that's where, like, the Bengals defensive line outside of Trey Hendrickson doesn't have your quote unquote pro bowlers. But they played together for so long in loose scheme that, like, stuff like that is what wins them games in the crunch time is when you have so much time and experience with someone in a certain scheme and trust playing against each other that they can just do stuff like that. And then it works.
0: That's great. It's a great story. Um, I want to flip over to the offense quickly because I mean, that's where it's going to really come down to this is this bill's defense is missing three starters, Daquan Jones, Matt Milano, Trey white, all potentially out for the season. Uh, So a lot like last year's game where you know, they didn't really have uh, a healthy secondary. They will have Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde in this game. The Bills defensive line, uh, I think, is much more whole, but they will miss Daquan Jones, who who was really good for them to start the season. The offensive line for the Bengals, um, it's it's healthy. It wasn't last year, and they still had a good game against the Bills. What stood out to you about that group uh, and kind of like the season and how they've matched, meshed to this point?
2: Well, they are way better than they've ever been on the offensive line. And I know that's probably not what a lot of Bills listeners want to hear. But similar, what's funny is listening to you talk about what, what the Bills did this offseason and obviously following it along, like the Bills seem to be a year behind the Bengals in terms of doing the exact same thing. Like when the Bengals lost the Super Bowl, they went out in free agency and signed Alex Kappa, Ted Karras, and Lyle Collins, and spent a ton of money on the offensive line, and it's paying dividends. So I think that's kind of what the Bills saw and and noticed that they needed to do. Um, But I would say that the Bengals' offensive line is the best that they've ever had under uh, Zach Taylor, and Orlando Brown has been exactly as advertised. They really needed a better left tackle. Um, Jonah was... Playing okay, um, he's actually played really well on the right side. I think that'll end up being where his career goes. But uh, the interior, as you were saying, similar to the Bills, Ted Ted Karras and Cordell Wilson and Alex Kappa, they were they were struggling to start the season. But they they played, you know, Aaron Donald and Jeffrey Simmons, so it's kind of hard to gauge where they were at, and and also Burrow like couldn't move, so sometimes you would say he'd be able to escape that pressure. So it's hard to get a read on how good the Bengals offensive line was until Burrow started to get healthy. But in the couple games, sample size we've seen with Burrow healthy the Bengals offensive line has looked really good. And last game they were actually able to run block better than they ever had. And they had their best rushing performance, which is something that they haven't been able to do that. I know the bills have been able to do well this year. So I would say, um, Still in progress in the run game, but from a passing pro standpoint, they've been a lot better.
0: It yeah, it's crazy that you say that because just watching that game, I've watched a bunch of Cincinnati this year. It looked like it always has. I mean, Joe Mixon was you know getting first downs, you know, running breaking off eight yard runs. And actually, when Von Miller was asked about you know the three headed monster at wide receiver, he would kind of pushed back and was like, "Well, we got to talk about Joe Mixon too." Do you think that's the key to their offense being like the the feared group that it is, is when that that run game is going. And do you feel like they'll have some success against the Bills um, running the ball? Because that's where I feel like in both games last year, they did have some success.
2: I would say yes, but with this caveat, the Bengals are never going to be a team that ranks probably in the top 15 in the NFL in rushing offense. It's just not who they are with Joe Burrow. But they needed to be way more effective than they had been. And you can argue they didn't do enough in the offseason to make themselves better in the running back room, just bringing back everybody and losing Samaj P. Ryan and essentially not replacing him. Um, I would say it definitely is helpful. But, I mean, the key to the Bengals' success on offense is their pass protection and Joe Burrow. And if those receivers can get going, um, so yes, the running game is important—an important, important part—and they need teams to respect it. But what I mean, it, the bus stops at Joe Burrow and protecting him, and you've seen it through the last three years when the bank when up teams can get to Burrow consistently, get him off the spot it's it's hard for this Bengals offense to operate. So I would say the Bengals, uh, the, for the Bills, the, they're. I'm sure Sean McDermott's game plan is starting and end with how do we generate enough of a rush to get to Burrow, affect him, um, and then we'll worry about the run game later.
0: Um, last quick one on the offense uh, before, I'm not going to ask for a prediction, but how you see this game playing out. <laughs> Irv Smith, um, how big of a problem <laughs> is that? And it seems like, I was listening to – I can't remember who it was. Maybe it was the National Athletic Show, and they were going in on Irv. Uh, poor Irv. Uh, not good right now. And Hayden Hurst was so good for them last year. How how big of a problem is that?
2: Well, I know that the Bengals really liked Dalton Kincaid. Mm. So if you guys – the Bills would not have taken him, I think he would have been a Bengal. Um, they needed a tight end. They wanted a tight end. And it did, the board didn't shake out that way for them. Um, I'm sure they wish they drafted Sam Laporta, but you can't go back and redraft people. Um, So the tight end spot has definitely been an issue for the Bengals. And the reason I kind of giggled when you said Irv Smith is like, my gosh, is there someone taking more of a beating right now than Irv Smith? And yeah, he, he has not played. And I've been, you know, one of the people that's criticized him is that you can't, come into the season on a one-year, prove-it deal, where there's already questions about you and if you can get through a season without getting injured. He gets injured, misses two games, and then didn't have a whole training camp to play with Burrow because Burrow was out the whole training camp. And then you finally get in there, and it was an easy completion that should have been a touchdown for Irv Smith against 49ers, and he fumbles the ball. The Bengals come away with zero points. Joe Burrow is a guy that if he does not trust you – you're not getting the ball in his offense. So what was interesting is the Bengals yesterday called up Tanner Hudson from the practice squad and promoted him to the active roster. And he's the best pass-catching tight end they had on the roster the whole time. So we all thought that he was going to make the roster. Um, So I would say for uh, Bill's fans listening, um, keep, keep an eye on the name Tanner Hudson because he's someone that I think will play and and get some snaps against the Bills, but yeah, it's been an up and down season for Irv, and I would say I think that the leash is probably pretty tight there.
0: Mm-hmm. I know that at the start you you kind of opened this thing up by saying that we really it's really hard to predict what's going to happen in this game, but like knowing where the where the Bengals are at, being in the in, in, you know in the facility yesterday, how do you feel like this game plays out um, on Sunday night?
2: It is all going to depend on how the Bengals start. And I I think that if Josh Allen and the Bills get off to a hot start, like whoever gets the ball first, if they go down and score, like the, the next team's going to have to respond because the team, especially the Bengals playing at home with the crowd that I expect, it's going to be – it's going to be crazy. And I think if the Bengals can get up like 10, nothing, I would, I would say it's going to go in their favor. But if say, for example, the bills get up 14, nothing, the Bengals haven't yet really proven that they can win from coming from behind this season. Um, they got close against the Ravens, but they got there when they've been at their best is when they start fast. So I will say that if the Bengals get up early and, get up one or two scores, I think it's gonna favor them because obviously the crowd. But if the Bills can can get going early, I think that's gonna stress the Bengals. And and so I honestly like I feel like we'll know a lot after the first quarter. I haven't I haven't decided keep going back and forth on who I, I'm gonna think would win. I would think that the Bengals are favored at home, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: but I I would say like nobody thinks that like everybody respects Josh Allen and knows that he can do virtually whatever he wants. And with the Bengals being so inconsistent this year, it's really hard to predict. I really think it's based off of the start.
0: I can't wait. Uh, Back to Cincinnati Um, this weekend, Bills versus Bengals. Uh, Thank you so much. Please let everybody know where they can find all of your awesome content.
2: So uh, anything you want to know about the Bengals, um, you can find any of my work over at Cincinnati.com, the Cincinnati Inquirer, and you can follow me on Twitter at Kelsey L. Conway. I'll have lots of Bengals tweets.
0: Awesome. Kelsey, thank you so much. Have a great rest of your week. See you on Sunday.
2: Thanks for having me on, Matt.
0: No problem. What's up, everybody? Matt Perino here. One half of the Shout Buffalo Bills football podcast here today to talk to you about prize picks. America's number one fantasy sports app with more than 5 million members. It is the most fun and exciting way to get in on the action while you watch your favorite sports and players. You just pick more or less on two or more player stats for a shot to win up to 100 times your cash. Testing your skills on prize picks this playoff basketball season is the most simple way to get in on the action. You just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and submit your lineup. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what makes Prize Picks the number one fantasy sports app. Download the app today and use code SHOUT, S-H-O-U-T, for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the app today and use code SHOUT, S-H-O-U-T, for a first deposit match up to $100. Pick more. Pick less. It's that easy. All right, Ryan, we are back. Thank you to Kelsey for that awesome insight on the Cincinnati Bengals. It is prediction time, my friend. Uh, We got to deliver maybe some bad news, maybe some good news. We'll see where we go here. Bills versus Bengals prediction and why you think it's going to happen that way.
1: Yeah. it feels like the Cincinnati Bengals have had Buffalo's number. Uh, As of late, it feels like, uh, you know, the bills have struggled on both sides of the ball against Cincinnati and Had they caught the Bengals earlier on this season when Joe Burrow was dealing with that calf injury, I think it could have been a completely different game. I just have a hard time picking against the Bengals in this matchup, Matt. Uh, I think that the firepower that they have on offense, like you said, you can't forget about Joe Mixon on this team. They have a strong uh, wide receiving group. Uh, Joe Burrow is one of the best quarterbacks in this league, and that defense really gave Josh Allen and company fits last year. I think this is a much closer game. I think it's really... Uh, goes down to the wire, but I have the Bengals winning at home 31-27.
0: All right. Well, um, man, pressure's on to try to bring some good news for Bill's Mafia. So for me, the biggest part of this matchup is who has the most paths to victory? And I think being that it's in Cincinnati and it's a home game for the Bengals, if they do go down early in this game, despite what Kelsey said a, a few minutes ago, I do think that they have the firepower to your point. We've seen this defense as recently as a couple weeks ago, kind of fold late in the game, right? Like they, they could go out and play really great three quarters and then Joe Burrow and company get going. And, you know, it's a struggle to get off the field and then it becomes like a shootout late And I just don't know if I have too many question marks about both sides of the ball with what we've seen, the, you know, the inconsistencies. I feel much better about this Bills team after what occurred in the Buccaneers game, specifically about this offense. I just think on the road, I'm leaning slightly to the Bengals. I had to put my pick in early this week. And I did go with the Bengals twenty six twenty four, and you know I had a couple of inc- inclinations throughout the week to to flip it and go with the Bills because I do think there's a legitimate chance that they go in and they win this game. I like a lot of the energy that's that's kind of hovering around this team right now. This kind of effort mentality, mindset. Like sometimes it's just like you can feel that in, in a locker room, in 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 a facility. I felt that this week for from this team. Like I think they're finally ready. To say F it, if you will, and just go lean on what they do well and be confident in that, right? Like I think that's a collective thing. Um, I love if the Bills are gonna win though, I w- and I'm sticking with the Bengals pick. <coughs> Excuse me. If the Bills are gonna win, I think Stefan Diggs has to have a monster game. I think he has to establish himself in this game with the way that he can go one-on-one with Taylor Britt or Ouzia or whoever they put on him. Um, and, and to me, he's a huge player to watch as well. But in the end, it's a home game for the Bengals. They're coming off of that performance. I'm going Bengals 26-24. I know Bills fans aren't going to be happy about it. Joe Marino took a absolute beating apparently on his YouTube page. But listen, it's, it's a close game. The Bengals are the favorite. I do think the bills can win this game. No doubt about it. It's just, it's been, it's been herky jerky. It's been up and down. And I just coming off the performance, the Bengals had last week against that team on the road, the 49ers who teams who, who experts still have in that super bowl favorite list. I, I'm just leaning the Bengals.
1: Yeah, no, you know, no denying that was an impressive performance of the Bengals And uh, any Bills fans angry in the comments here watching this? Here's the silver lining. The last time I picked against the Bills this season was the Miami game, and uh, the Bills came out and just absolutely knocked the doors off Miami. So maybe it'll be a good luck charm two times in a row, but it's easy to see why. You know, it's this is a complete team in Cincinnati. Not saying the Bills aren't, but the Bills have been hit with the injury bug quite a bit this season. Uh, until I see the Bills knock off the Bengals though and show that they can go toe to toe, you just kind of have to pick against them right now.
0: Um, don't pick against tops friendly markets. They always got you hooked up with great deals. Start your slider Sunday winning streak with Kings Hawaii in this football season. Earn rewards to redeem for free product, brand swag, tailgating gear, and more. Visit the Tops Deli section and look for the bright orange Kings Hawaiians display to scan the QR for a chance to instantly win tailgating prizes, and then visit topsmarkets.com slash Slider Sunday for the best slider recipes. He's Ryan. I'm Matt, Bill's Bengals. It's going to be a fun one. We'll see you after the game late night. Come hang out with us, 1 a.m. We'll see you then. Take care, everybody.